Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors. And we want to start by saying thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our platinum sponsors, including Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Hometown ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Vital signs, bring student achievements to life. Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. And Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast, this time featuring the FIAAA Insider. Our guest today is Brian Nolan. Brian is a certified athletic administrator, and he's the director of athletics at Charlotte High School in Punta Gorda, Florida. Brian, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Well, uh, as you and I were talking about, it's a busy time for athletic directors, so we're going to jump right into it. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school and college, and you know maybe how uh, your love of athletics uh, led to this career as an AD. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I don't have a very exciting past, but uh, I'm from a small town outside of Ithaca, New York. Uh, my parents are farmers. We're dairy farmers. Pretty much everybody I knew growing up was either a farmer or dealt in the farming industry. So it's a it's a small community there where uh, I have six brothers, two sisters, and uh, I guess that's so we could all work on the farm. Uh, they all love the farm. I couldn't wait to get away from it, but uh, we put our time in. But uh, yeah, what the small school, Southern Cuba High School in Poplar Ridge, New York. It's a very small town, and uh, I played soccer, basketball, tennis there. Four years, started on all, all programs, and I went to Springfield College in Massachusetts, and I really kind of came into my own when I got away, got to college. I played basketball and soccer there, then I ended up playing soccer for four years, and um, I enjoyed every bit of that. Uh, Springfield College pretty much turned me into uh, – I think the started me in the direction of the person I am today. If you don't know anything about Springfield, it's a it's a highly regarded uh, physical education teachers college. It's a tremendous college, and it and it started my growth in the field. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, anyone in our profession uh, certainly knows of the Springfield reputation, and again, a lot of history uh, in that program too. Athletic history that must have been pretty cool to be uh, a part of that. It was great. You know, my soccer coach Er Schmidt was a uh, was an Olympic coach and uh, he was great and he instilled a lot of things into me that I still use today. Well, take us on that journey from college uh, student athlete into, uh, you know, your teaching and coaching career. Well, you know, I, uh, I graduated in 1984 from college. I was having a great time up at Springfield, Mass. And uh, 
all of a sudden I got a call from my uncle down in Fort Myers, Florida, that they needed a teacher coach at Bishop Burrell High School down in Fort Myers. And uh, 84, I took that job. And, and it's funny, my high school being a small school never had a football team. But I became there and I was a football coach. And uh, Dick Pugh, who was a tremendous mentor in my life, passed away you know, a couple years ago. He taught me exactly how to coach football. I've become a pretty successful football coach. He, I sat in his office during my planning hour every day for two years. And he taught me every position. Uh, the first football, high school football game I ever saw, and I'd never seen a high school football game. We just didn't have it around there. And uh, was at Shaw High School, I was scouting. And uh, Shaw High School was playing North Fort Myers. And North Fort Myers had this quarterback kicker who was the most tremendous athlete I've ever seen, Deion Sanders. Wow. And that was the first, I, that was my wow moment. Look at this guy go. I've never seen anything like it. And it just, so my love for sports started right. And I've always loved it. I've played it all my life. But, you know, Bishop Vero really was the stepping stone. I became a head track coach, never played track in my life, never participated in track. And I was the head coach there and we were successful. And I just had good mentors who helped me along the way. And, and I listened. That's a big thing. I listened. And then from 1986, I took the job at Charlotte High School and I've been here ever since. You know, you mentioned uh, mentors and in our profession, you know, it, it's so important. We talk about it, leadership, but, you know, part of our role as leaders is mentoring that next group. Um, Go and talk a little bit more about some of the mentors that you've had, you know, maybe coaches growing up or certainly, you know, your first boss there at Bishop Barrow. Uh, uh, the expression I like to use is I still hear those voices in my head when I'm talking to kids or coaches or parents. So whose voice do you still hear? Well, <laughs> I think the voice that I, that I will always hear, you know, is my dad's voice uh, telling me different things and what to do. But, you know, in the profession, Dick Pugh at Bishop Rowe was a tremendous, tremendous influence in my life. Once I got to Shaw High School, he just left my office. Wally Keller, I think you met him. He's a past president of the FIAAA. Yep. Uh, Wally took me under his wing, gave me my first head coaching job. I was a head basketball coach here. And then when it was close to he was going to retire, brought me into the administration side. I was the heir apparent to take over his job, and he just... He let me run with things. I had a tremendous principal here, uh, Ray Jorgerson, when I was young, who, uh, who sat me down when I screwed up, wasn't afraid to tell me I was doing things, needed to do things differently, needed to grow up a little bit. And uh, to this day, I hear a lot of him in my ear, Mr. Jorgerson. I, uh, I hear a lot of his... Uh, you know, he was a basketball guy, how basketball is a game played on a rhythm and you need to disrupt the rhythm and things like that. And uh, Wally, Ray Jorgensen, Dick Pugh, those were the people who uh, really influenced a lot of what I'm about and the things that I try to teach to our, our coaches now. No, and, and I know, uh, you know, Wally is still there. Uh, um, Every day. Um, uh, at the games, that's great. Um, one of the things that we try to do with the podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. And, you know, you've been at Charlotte now for many years, very successful program. 
Um, here's a chance for you to do a little bragging. You know, what are some things that, you know, your coaches or your program uh, does that, you know, you would say uh, in a very humble way, uh, we do this better than anybody in Florida or, or we are just really good at this. What are a couple of things that you're really proud of, of your program? Well, I think branding. Branding is important. Branding your school, branding your program. I, I think that we are, we do a tremendous job of making sure our name, our brand is out there. With social media, it's a little easier now. You know, simple things as uh, keeping record boards that are up to date all the time and, and every place. You know, I started the Hall of Fame here my first year here and our Hall of Fame is tremendous. In 2000, we started our Hall of Fame and it's been tremendously successful. Uh, making sure that our athletes from the past are welcomed and recognized and making sure that they have, you know, not an open campus because it's a little tough now to do like as much, but making sure that they come back to as many events and they're welcome. I'm a, I'm a big thank you writer. I'm a big letter writer, thank you writer to coaches, to former players and making sure, and it, now it's emails, but I like when I can do something handwritten. I love to do that. But I think what we do better than anybody else, I think people tell you that is get our student, student body involved in our athletics. You know, we have a blue crew here. That's our student pep organization. You know, we got 600 members in it. Uh, I don't think many teams, many schools can boast that. They get to the games, they get rowdy, maybe a little too rowdy sometimes, but I'm excited about, I'm excited about our student involvement and our community involvement. And those are the things that, you know, I try to do. You know, during the summer, when we first start, I'll load my car with hats and t-shirts. The value of a hat and a t-shirt is big, especially when you do them. I do them in groups of 24. And I make each 24 a little different. And I tell them there's only 24 of these in existence and you get one. And I go to my businesses. Thank you. Thank you. You know, not wanting something, but giving something. And I think that's important here. And I'm hoping, uh, and I know the next man in line will step up when I decide to go, we'll uh, continue that. But I think some of the best things we do is make sure this school is involved in our athletic program. You know, and I can certainly attest to that, you know, having, uh, you know, been at your school for events before. And I think that is so important. Uh, and uh, I'm going to challenge you here. I'm calling you out, uh, you know, that your student, uh, uh, your, your fan experience, I think that would be a great workshop at the FIAAA conference on, on how to develop that because it is so challenging these days. I'm a little bit older than you, but I'm going to guess, you know, back in our day, uh, there weren't as many teams uh, available for kids to be on. And so a lot of those students that are on teams, they were in the bleachers, you know, cheering for the teams now, and now they're on their own team. Uh, so it's hard to get them out. So to create that excitement and that level of student involvement, uh, I think is just fantastic. So, uh, you know, great job. And, uh, you know, let's maybe figure out a way for you to share that with some of our other schools. We have, uh, I think one of, we have uh, 22 varsity sports at the school here. And 14 of them are led, their head coaches are Charlotte graduates. I believe in bringing them back. So more than half of our coaches, so they had the experience when they were younger and they understand what being at a football game, being at a basketball game, or getting your team out to come, what's the tennis district tournament? 
or you know sports that some or bringing your team over to watch the girls basketball play or a weightlifting meet and these coaches understand that and that's the biggest thing i put it in their ears and they you, know, you can't just say it once you got to keep pushing 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 and all of a sudden you see our basketball coach showing up at a weightlifting meet with 20 guys sitting there cheering our girls or guys on and it's and it's tremendous because they have and, and the, the kids time. see that uh, and, and it's a, it's, you should do it to support the team, but it's also a great way to maybe get a kid that, um, isn't doing your sport to, you know, maybe come out and do your sport when their other one's done. So, you know, no, great stuff. Great, great stuff. Um, Brian, let's go and talk about, uh, COVID and to our listeners, you know, we're recording this on December 22nd. So by the time it airs, hopefully, uh, you know, things will continue to trend positively, but, um, Brian, share with our listeners, you know, what's going on right now in uh, your part of Florida, as well as at your school, as with regard to return to school academics, and also with return to play, you know, what's going on? Well, you know, Jake, it, it's almost changing daily. The numbers, you know, the, the contact tracing, uh, the 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 events being canceled, you know, one, I got I to gotta shout out to our officials association. Every day I am contacting officials. Oh, we got to change a game. We're only going to have a JV game tonight. We're going to move our start time up. Uh, this tournament's canceled. We're going to, and, and they have been so good at helping us give our kids a chance to play. You know, we have been real fortunate here. We had to shut down one program for two weeks and that's it. You know, as a, as a dad, you know, I have a son who's a wrestler and a, and a very good wrestler, you know, and I worry about that all the time because wrestling is one of those sports where uh, it seems that the COVID can spread a lot easier than in other sports. Uh, I think one of the hardest parts for us is for during the COVID is our 25% uh, fan capacity in our sporting arenas because we, we don't, we don't have 300 people at a basketball game, and we have 1,000 people at a basketball game. We have 3,000 at a football game. You know, we could only have 998 this year, and it really, one, it hurt the pocketbook because, you know, these sports bring in money. Our football program brings in a lot of revenue for us. We were fortunate enough that our field sponsors still, the ones that could, still helped us out, even though they weren't going to get the exposure. But the COVID has... Uh, it's given me a chance to kind of renew my thinking on what's important. It's given me a chance to uh, step back and really go back to my roots as an athletic director. Because as you know, you can get caught up in the big, the big picture and not go around and speak to the coaches one-on-one -on -one as much as I used to, not get to practice like I used to. And I've decided I'm gonna do that. I, I've spent more practices this year than I probably have in 10 years just watching the kids go through it because I've missed it. You know, I missed the spring. You know, summer, I've missed the, going and watching our kids compete in 7-7, seven, seven, AAU basketball, baseball. I really missed it. So I've gotten back to my roots a lot for it. But as far as being, being forced to cancel things, we have had a nice little hamlet here in Charlotte County where we have not had, our numbers have not been big. And I don't know why, you know, this, these masks, Though nobody likes them, they're, they're working. They have to be working. You know, that vaccine gets popped out here soon and people start feeling better about themselves. And uh, I'm hoping 
you know, by baseball season, we'll start to uh, see a few more fans at our game. Our restrictions will be opened up a little bit. Maybe we get 50% because, you know, we had a, we had a basketball game here last week against our county rival, Port Charlotte, that normally draws 1,500 people that we could only have 300 people in here for. And it, it was not nice being the man at the door, having to tell people to go away. That wasn't a fine job, but we're, we're doing okay here. You know, we have had, I've estimated we've done almost 20,000 temperature checks uh, in the, since uh, July, once we've got back. And our, our coaches know the protocol and it's helped us out a little bit. Let's keep that weight room clean. Let's make sure the kids are bringing their stuff home. Let's make sure they're wandering their stuff. Kids aren't feeling good. We don't need to tough it out. Go home. Okay, let's just make sure we're protecting people because it wasn't nice not having sports. And I'm, I'm so happy to, to be around these kids again and our coaches and, and watching what they do. Like I said, I've enjoyed being at practice and just sitting there and watching what they're doing. You know, you mentioned, uh, you know, your sponsors, uh, many of them continuing to support uh, the program. And, and again, that's, uh, I think that's something that, you know, parents and community, they just don't understand, you know, how those dollars are important and impact their kids. But talking about the parents, how have your parents been with the restrictions that you've had to put in place? Uh, they've been supportive? You know, yeah, for the most part, they've been supportive. They understand what we have to do. You know, we're trying to protect their son or daughter and we're trying to protect this community. You know, talk to uh, a baseball parent who didn't get baseball much last year, eight games, I think, you know, They'd say, hey, we'll do anything we can. But it's, the, it's just trying to get them to understand, wear that mask, sit in every other row. Let's not be in groups more than 10. You know, it, it, it's a continual reminder. But for the most part, our parents have been great. You know, I, I will say they've been great. It's just, you know, you get the one or two who don't understand why we have to wear a mask, why, I, why uh, we have to shut down because we've had a kid who, my kid didn't test positive. Well. You know, your kid was guarding him the whole week or they were wrestling together for the whole week of practice. Yeah, we got to take care of things here. But for the most part, I think most ADs will say the same thing that, you know, they're understanding and they're being supportive. Yeah, yeah. And, and you mentioned last spring where, you know, nobody got any games in. So, uh, you know, we, we certainly don't want to go there. So No, we certainly don't. Um, Brian, another question we've been asking the athletic directors since we've started this um, revolves around the idea of uh, social awareness, uh, social issues, social justice. And uh, uh, I'm curious, you know, from your perspective in your school and in your area, what are some things that we can do as athletic administrators? What are some things that we can do better? Uh, in this area of social awareness to better serve our kids in our community? That's a really good question. I'm big into communication, talking, bringing people in to talk to our kids, bringing the police in to talk to our programs, which we do, bringing in uh, some of our past alumni uh, and listening to their stories. Because things have happened. We had a, um, a Black Lives Matter march in our town, which most towns had. And my wife and I, we decided we were gonna go see what it was all about. And we walked down there and the look on the kids, our students' eyes when they saw us there marching with them 
it, it was tremendous when they said, I just can't believe you're here, coach, supporting us. And I go, that's why I'm here, to support you. I says, I don't believe in every message, but I believe in you. And uh, I want to hear, I'm here to support you. And, you know, you're walking there arm in arm with these kids and who I've taught their fathers or their mothers. And it was, you know, taking pictures of us there. That was a, that was a really big moment for me, an eye-opening moment of that these kids, I don't know if they felt supported. And even though, you know, you think you're giving them support. So that's why I, I make, and it doesn't matter what group you belong to. I make an effort to uh, sit to each and every one of our teams. You know, I'll talk to the coach. Hey coach, can I get five minutes of practice here? Let me talk to you about uh, being pulled over by the police. Tell me how you respond. You know, and it's funny how you get some kids saying, well, I have no problem. Another kid says, I've done nothing, but I'm being pulled over constantly. And how you feel about that? Or how you feel about, uh, you know, the NBA or how you feel about, you know, certain kneeling during, uh, kneeling during the, the anthem and things like that. I just think kids want to be heard. And I, I want to hear what they have to say because they're pretty darn intelligent when you listen to them. And some of their ideas may be flawed and you can help correct them a little bit, but it still has to come from them. And once I get, once I feel like I've, uh, I've made a little bit of an impact on a kid, it just, it really warms my heart. And that's not just sending smoke. It really warms my heart. You know, now as I'm at the latter end of my stage of my career to know that I could still touch a kid. You know, I could still make a kid feel you know, empowered. And I enjoy it. No, and again, that's what it's all about. And it kind of leads me to my next question here. I always ask the ADs, um, what's your favorite part of the job? And uh, having done over 80 of these so far, uh, the answer is almost always the same. They say, well, it's the kids. And it should be. Uh, but uh, beyond that, what are some of the other things about being the athletic director at Charlotte High School that get you excited about coming to school each day? You know, what do you really love? Well, you know, since I'm the athletic director, we're talking athletics. I, I love I love when a team, when I see a team come together that's traditionally been weak and they, and they start to put it together and they're achieving. Maybe they're only, only 500 on the season, but there were only two wins the year before. And you see them starting to grow as a team. I love uh, when our teams get together with, and we can't do it this year as much, get together with opposing teams. They sit and have a little prayer or they congratulate or they help people up. I love being around our coaches. You know, the, my coaches here are my best friends. I, the best friends I have work here at Charlotte High School. I'm sure you know that from where you work. They, uh, and I love to find ways to help them out. You know, I just, we just bought a new discus cage for our track coach. And it was like, I gave him a million dollars. Are you kidding me? And I said, yeah, we're going to put it on up here. That's why our booster club was just here because actually they bought it. And uh, we, uh, I love being around the kids. Yeah. I love seeing tremendous performances. I love, we have a wrestler who's a four-time state champion. I can't wait to see if he's going to be a five-timer this year. You know, my son is the uh, number two ranked wrestler in the state. I'd love to see him, what he could do at the, at the wrestling. I've loved watching my daughter and my older son play volleyball and basketball. I've loved being part of Charlotte High School and this community. We, 
we're very fortunate here. This community in Punta Gorda uh, supports our school to the to the 10th degree. To they, they just continue to help us out. And, and I love being part of it. And when I retire, I will be part of this school three, four days a week. I know that. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be lying in fields. I'm going to be at games. I'm going to be helping out all I can. I mean, it's just great to listen to you because, uh, again, it, it sounds like, you know, many of our peers in FIAAA talking about their jobs. I mean, uh, uh, I, I was just telling a parent the other day, oh, I'd hate to have your job. They were telling me I'd hate to have your job. You're here all hours and this and that. And I said, no, you got it all wrong. You know, you have to be here to come and watch your kid play. I get paid to come here and hang out with kids and coaches. So uh, I get the best job in the world. And, you know, as you know, there are some drawbacks to our job. You know, there are some, there are some things that, that I dislike. There are things, you know, officials try to pay. Our officials bill for Shaw High School is about 46 to $48,000 a year. People don't realize that, you know, why do you have to charge a fee to get into a game? We're just trying to pay enough money to pay for the officials. You know, I hate, there's two, there's two bad days to be a coach. The day you get your supplement and the day you got to cut kids. Those are hard, hard days. And, and I feel bad for those coaches during those days. You know, the bus rides are hard. The, uh, the, the constantly trying to make ends meet, you know, hoping these coaches who are working their butt off, you know, trying to buy a, 12 new basketballs or uh, a new catcher's equipment, things like that. And, and, and the coaches are worrying about it and you're, don't worry about it, we'll figure it out, we'll get it done. So the good far outweighs the bad. You know, moms and dads now, you know, it, I wish I could get them to be more excited about high school instead of thinking about college. You know, they're, they're not enjoying high school when they're trying to get that college scholarship already. I tell them, you wanna, you wanna get a college scholarship? get an SAT book and study. You can get a lot more money academics. Absolutely. You know, these people who are, you know, a baseball kid, baseball is probably one of the worst sports because there's not a lot of money in it. Unless you're a lefty who throws 90, you're getting a 25% scholarship and you know, you're getting $2,000. You can get that with your grades easy. It is just so hard when right now, when a mom or a dad, the most important thing they could do is, put on Facebook what college coach just contacted their kid, though it's probably a form letter that they sent out to 2,000 other prospective athletes. I, I, have a, I have a line when I write my program letters, and at the end of it, it always says, just make sure one thing's important, enjoy the game. And you got to enjoy this game because, first of all, college isn't that much fun up there playing sports. That's a job. It's, it's, it, it's hard work. You know, Brian, it sounds like I'm listening to myself. Uh, you know, that's our number one theme, uh, you know, at McClay is that, you know, we want to provide a great high school experience. And again, when you and I were in school, that's what we were doing. We were playing three sports and it was about the sport. No, gosh, you know, I might get to go to college, but now uh, you're right. Uh, there's that small group that uh, they, they, they don't stop to enjoy the high school experience because they're thinking about what's coming down the road. Yeah, very refreshing. Yeah, you know, I think one of the hardest connections now is the AAU or the USSA, whatever, and the high school. You know, it just seems like they've taken such a big role 
the AAU program, the USSSA. And, you know, when you got a good AAU program that's married with the high school, that works great. But when you got one that wants to butt head and, you know, I can't play soccer games on Friday or Saturday because we got a club team working right now. So you can't do it. And if you don't let them play club, well, they're just not going to play high school. Just, I don't know the answer, but I know that right now there's a lot of people filling young kids' heads with uh, visions that uh, I don't see coming true. Now, playing in college, that's a great opportunity. That is so cool. But playing in high school, playing in front of your friends and, you, and your family all the time, nothing gets better than that. No, I, and again, I, I agree 100%. I was just talking to a, a colleague the other day about uh, it's so cool when you see a kid nowadays that still um, they can't wait to put on that high school uniform and play for their town team, their school team, et cetera, as opposed to uh, what I think we saw a little bit of, um, well, what's in it for me? You know, what's your program going to do for me? Or, you know, uh, how do I get my reps? Uh, uh, so, you know, when you see that kid that just can't wait to put on the uniform, boy, that just warms your heart. You know, in our small town of Punta Gorda, we used to have one travel team. One. Now we have eight. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't know where, you know, if you don't make one team, we're going to start another team. I just, it's being involved in athletics, playing rec ball. There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't have to be on the, uh, you know, the mashers or the, the D1s or whatever they want to call their, their team. Just go out and play. It's not all about going to college. Oh, absolutely. You know, kids want to play, play, but, you know, make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. Well, Brian, this has been great uh, visiting with you. It's been great getting to know you, uh, you know, these past couple of months, but we're not done yet. Uh, huh. We always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Now, you're certainly an experienced, successful athletic administrator. Right now, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Brian Nolan's athletic director toolbox? Uh, take away a calculator. Don't ever count your hours because it'll just make you go mad. Do not count your hours. Don't be worried about how many hours you put in or how many hours the other guy doesn't put in. You do your job. Do, do the job and the hours that the job requires because it's a lot, as you know. So never count your hours. Um, another thing, know your facility. I think it's the most important. Know, know how to shut off the sprinklers because when they come on during the games, they're going to look at you. Know how to, know how to, know how to start the uh, scoreboard. Because when it breaks, they're looking at you. Know the sound system setup. Know how to get a hold of the officials when uh, somebody doesn't show up. Know that number two call. Make sure, make sure, you know, I guess the third one, I, I could probably say about a hundred of these. The third one is befriend your custodians. Your custodians do so much for you. I, I, I give them gifts, I give them hats, I give them anything because when you need something, they're the person that you need to call and you need to make sure that the custodians want to help you out. So befriend them. So don't count your hours, know your facility, befriend the custodian. Those we'll are all, 
<laughs> outstanding uh, suggestions. Absolutely. I, 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 if I gave you a fourth one, what would it be? <laughs> uh, let me see. I, I talked about this earlier, and I think it's important. Handwritten thank you notes, oh, yeah. not emails. Handwritten, you know. I have, I have them right here. All my thank you notes are right here, and I uh, just put them in the mailbox. It means so much more when it's handwritten. Nice job last night, coach. Great win. Or hey, tough one, but you're in the right direction. Don't believe in yourself. Keep doing what you're doing. Just nothing long. Just small little things, and they look at it and they go, "Wow, I really appreciate that." So. Handwritten notes. I, I, I do the same thing. You know, that little stationery, it doesn't cost much, like you said, with the t-shirts and the hats. Uh, it, it, it's such a big payoff. You, you Sometimes you can't measure the payoff for that little bit of time you put in. You know, I would say one more thing. And this is, and I've talked to a couple of fellows who kind of want to do this. Never say, once you're asked the question, I don't care. You got to care. Don't say, I don't care, because that just, it don't, yes, have an opinion. Uh, do you think we should leave at 4 or 4.30? Well, I don't care. No, have an opinion. I think you should do this. How many do you think I should keep on the team? I don't care. No, you know it's right, because you know when it comes down to keeping people on the team, that uh, too many could be too many. And uh, so I, I hate the term, I don't care. You know, if someone comes in to ask me a question, I'm never going to say, I don't care what you do. I'm going to care because I have to. You know, a long time ago, I heard someone use that and it might've been Greg Dale or, or some other big name, but they said pretty soon, if you say, I don't care, they're going to be saying, I don't care as well. And that's when you know you've lost your program. So, wow. I'm glad I, you shared that. Yeah. Right. Ryan, thanks again. All the best uh, as we you know, move into, uh, for you and me, the holiday season. And then uh, hopefully uh, things are different with a brand new year, 2021. It's got to be better. Okay. To our listeners, uh, thanks as always for tuning in. Remember, the YouTube uh, version of these uh, Zoom recordings is available on the Educational AD FIAAA YouTube channel. Uh, but thanks again for listening. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD.